You're listening to The Dilly Show with author Brendan Dilly, now available as a daily podcast. You can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Go to dillyshow.com for details. And now, your host, Brendan Dilly. Good morning, MAGA. Welcome to The Dilly Show. I am your host, author Brendan Dilly. This is my book right here. Still breathing the wisdom and teachings of a perfectly flawed man. You pick that up on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or any other major book retailer. Also, if you enjoy this show every single day, I'd appreciate if you joined us on Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. This is where you, the individual viewer, can support the broadcast with your individual monthly contribution for as little as $5 a month. Very easy to set up and do. Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. Many different tiers uh, of, of payment if you choose to pay more or less. But it makes a big difference, and we always appreciate our newest subscribers. Also, shout out to everybody who drops tips on me on Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show, which are one-time payments. I appreciate you. I got a big one yesterday. It was like $100, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. That was really generous. Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. If you love the show, but you don't have time to watch the show, you can still download it in the uh, podcast format, bit.ly forward slash Dilly Show. That's bit.ly forward slash Dilly Show. That's where you can go to download this broadcast each and every day, courtesy of magical producer Trevor. All right, guys. Good morning. Happy Thursday, July the 20th. Where the fuck is the month gone? It's almost over. It's almost over already. We're just barreling into the uh, next month, August 1st, a, a really big day. Woo! It's where uh, shit starts to get kind of real. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Everybody having a nice Thursday? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. The last 24 hours has been a little bit wild. We're going to talk about it today. We got a lot to talk about. We got, oh, dude, I got a very special Dilly in the Wild, too. Pretty cool. Uh, it looks like the Dilly 300 are out there mingling and making friends and i can't wait to share with you some of the photos we've got big show for you guys today as you can imagine we had the hearings yesterday involving the hunter biden uh irs scandal the whistleblower scandal joe biden payment scandal we now got smoking gun evidence i mean it's really crazy will anything come from it probably not not while these assholes are in charge they're still going after president donnie j trump with everything they've got but all the evidence is pointing at the other side. Nobody is doing shit about it. Uh, we also have to talk about President Trump hosting uh, a bunch of wonderful MAGA patriots at Bedminster, New Jersey for a viewing of The Sound of Freedom, the new Jim Caviezel movie that is just crushing it. So that's pretty cool. And then we've got to discuss something very important and exciting, which is that uh, we have a new meme team member we love her. She's been a part of our community for three plus years. She's a day in and day out grinder, but she's also an extremely talented individual who's hilarious, and she's going to learn the ropes and hone her craft with the Dilly Meme Team. Newest member is Brandy with the B. There you go. So welcome to the team, honey. We are thrilled to have you, and uh, we look forward to watching Brandy with the B creating all kinds of amazing content to help us take back America by uh, elevating President Donnie J. Trump and destroying all of his enemies, plus people we just generally don't like. So that's how it works. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to the club. Welcome to the team. We love you guys. All right. How is everybody doing today? You guys good? 
I know. I'm moving a little slow today. I didn't get the best sleep last night. I was dragging. Just dragging a little bit. And then uh, and then my mind is full of fuck, which happens sometimes because it's such a surreal experience uh, at this juncture in my life to be here with all of you and to, to sort of uh, observe what is happening. And I want to talk about some of it because I think it's important we have a a uh, sort of return to center conversation periodically here on The Dilly Show because I think it's healthy. I think it's a good thing. I think all of us, this has been a journey that you, for some reason, chose to take with me. And the journey started uh, before President Trump had left office. And for many of you, you discovered the show after COVID had started. And then the journey became about survival, a journey of not just surviving Biden, but formulating a plan and putting together an actual activist community that was capable of essentially helping Donald J. Trump take back America. And it's been a whirlwind. And, uh, and I think it's just sometimes it's important to slow down a little bit and we got to you know, talk about it and recenter ourselves and uh, talk about just some, what does that mean for us as a community uh, and how do we continue to, to make progress? And, and also taking a look at what we're doing. Is what we're doing effective? Is it working? The answer, obviously, I think, I believe is yes. But yours truly, uh, burdened with the, the responsibility as well of being able to see what's coming around the corner and how do, we, how do we make adjustments for things that haven't come yet. And those are some stuff that you'll see coming down the pipeline. So I want to talk about it. I want to discuss it. I want to work with you on your mindset today. So we can talk through some of this stuff and what it's going to take to get through to the other side. Because we've got 16 months left, roughly, to save this country, and that's it. That's it. And, and then you either, you either did it or you fucking didn't. So you don't want to leave anything on the, uh, you know, you don't want to leave anything in the tank. You want to leave it all on the field ASAP. So very excited for you guys to be here with me today. Uh, thrilled to be doing the show. Feels good. How are you guys doing? You guys doing well? Yeah, I'm a, I don't know what to think today. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm in a good mood. I think I'm just a little reflective. And I have been all, like, really for the last, like, two weeks. I think it's been a really heavy-duty time. I think I'm mentally gearing up for this next uh, final push. But it's also about, like, how did we get here? It's hard not to reflect for me. You know, it's been exactly a year that I've been in Georgia. My wife and I, my family, been away from uh, the kids and some, you know, have them out here sometimes, then don't have them out here. Still in a custody, locked in a custody battle for a, a son that absolutely does not want to live there. Uh, and he's finally at an age where he can say that. So we're going through that whole process. Very tough. I got an 18-year-old daughter who's uh, getting ready to relocate out here. Potentially, it looks like that's, that maybe could be on the docket. Uh, and she finished up her high school, graduated high school, and now she's wanting to join the fam out in in Georgia, um, you know, it's been one of those things where you you take inventory of everything that you experienced and accomplished because the way I live my life is is with my head down. And I really don't slow down very often. It's hard for me when I finally do. Um, I think because I'm so overwhelmed at how much time has passed. Um, occasionally when I go deep into my, you know, my... Um, my image files on my phone because it saves an order, right? So it's the date; it's dated, and you go through it, and I'm I am absolutely stunned at at the memories that we created from the Dilly Show 
over the last five years, the things that we've done, how we've participated in the, the conversation in America, how we've defended against Donald J. Trump and held the line when, frankly, not a lot of people were holding the line. We were standing there holding the line. Um, we've been ahead of, uh, ahead of most groups, you know, these little coalitions of people. We've been ahead of most of them, sometimes three and six months before other people realized what's coming down the pipeline. I think it's been a very, very humbling experience that I look up and, I, and I'm like, they're still with me. And, and I mean, all of you, I think that also is another thing is like, I look around and I'm like, these fucking people have stuck with me. I'm in the middle of your day. I know I'm not an easy time slot. This time slot does not make the show conducive to viral sharing because it's in the middle of the afternoon when most people are either at work or just getting to work or at, on their lunch break. And yet we've hung out and we've done some things that are very different during this time. Uh, you know, I've remained the same in a lot of ways, deliberately, um, deliberately scaring off stuffy, boring, lame Republicans. Uh, the reason being we do not want our well poisoned by the wrong kind of people, the wrong vibe. And that's what the, the benefits of that is that we have created this, this sort of bubble that we can masterfully create and, and, and connect and uh, a community where we're like, you either get it or you don't. And in order to get it, you have to really wade through a lot of the, the stuff that is sort of a, a barrier to entry. I create barriers to entry on purpose. This actually, this rant right now is a barrier to entry. What I mean by that is I know exactly how to create a show that immediately gets to the point, grabs the viewer and doesn't let them go, and then is become, it becomes highly viral. But the problem when you do that is you end up with a whole bunch of people that are really actually not in line with what you're trying to accomplish or teach. So what I mean by a barrier to entry is in this form, I will randomly go through maybe jokes that are overly over-the-top offensive to cull the herd. I will speak on subjects that have nothing to do with the headline or the name of the show. And I do that as a means of, of essentially calling out people that clicked just because they wanted to see what the show was about. This is not a recipe for making massive amounts of money. And it's not a recipe for maximum viewership. It's a recipe for threading the needle, uh, creating a coalition of people that are on the same page. Uh, it's like a secret handshake. And this is just part of how I operate. Um, and it is deliberate. It's not something a lot of people go, oh, well, Brandon, you'd have more viewers if you didn't sing the MAGA Commerce song or if you got to the point more quickly, you got to the news more quickly, or if you'd stop calling people that are cunts, cunts, or if you stopped wearing T-shirts and you started wearing a little more dressy clothes. And, and there's pros and cons to this, as I just mentioned. One of the cons to this, and it's not what I've stated already, which is the obvious stuff, which is the ability to go viral and make maximum dollars. Set those aside. The other thing, the other barrier to entry that is very, it can work against us at times, is I will create an environment that people of stature sometimes don't understand what they're watching or looking at or listening to on the show. And they become, the show itself becomes sort of, they go, oh, that's a really funny show. It's just about, it's about the jokes and the memes.
right? And and uh, and that's true. It's it's like okay, well, the show is very heavily about the jokes and the memes, and that's true. And this might be a very like sort of surface level glance at what we do here at the Dilly Show, but what they miss out on in a lot of good, and I mean this, like good people, influential, powerful people is because I've created these barriers of entry and I've created a format in which I operate, they either choose to invest a full hour to two hours in a broadcast. And I feel like if you watch an entire broadcast start to finish, you will pick up what I was putting down and it's hidden inside of that show. But if they don't have two hours and they only allocate a couple minutes, they may never understand what we have here. They may never realize what we've got and what we've built here because, frankly, it is not easy to find. I hide it. You understand? I hide it. And so that's just one of those things that we do here. And, uh, and it's been sort of this fascinating experience because when I meet people who are of power and stature who – go, oh, you're really funny. I, I think I've, I've seen your memes or I've seen your team's memes. And then what'll happen occasionally is they'll see me a second time and go, oh my God, I watched your whole show. I had no idea. And I say, oh, what do you, what do you mean? They go, I had no idea. It was like that kind of, I had no idea what I was watching. I, it gripped me though. I couldn't he, I, they, they, I couldn't, I didn't know. I thought it was this which is a very simplistic and obvious sort of, uh, I think, show. And it actually becomes something totally different when you watch it as a whole thing. And, and, I, and I did a similar thing with my book. This is sort of like my MO. You know, my book, you can take any chapter out of context and decide the book is about that. But you really don't know the book until you've sat and read the whole thing all the way through. And, and my goal is always with new readers is for them to try to read it as fast as possible because you will understand the full picture of what I was trying to um, share. The fast, not necessarily the faster, but like when, you're, when it's read in a couple of days or a lot of people admittedly will read it in one evening. But it's the same thing with the show is I'm trying to lead you down a trail, a path, so that by the time you reach the end of the path, you're permanently changed. And I do the same thing with the show. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to help you experience all the different parts of yourself in a much healthier way, whether it's the irreverent comedy or whether it's the sincere advice or it's the political prognostication or it's the brutal honesty um, and truth-telling, uh, the introspection. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to like alter who you are, trying to get you to be healthier, smarter, with better discernment, with a better, not even a better relationship with God, but just one that you can actually utilize. And I think that's part of it as well, is, is trying to explain to people that, that uh, miracles and, and faith are, are tangible actions that one can take. It doesn't have to be a one a one direction uh, relationship or conversation, it absolutely can be something that's synergistic where, where you're putting into it and then it's coming back out. And, and I think that's one of the things I try to accomplish with the show. And uh, I've done myself a little bit of a disservice in certain ways because of the boundaries I've put up and, and the, the sort of like 
you know, barrier to entry to understanding what the Dilly Show is. In a lot of ways, it's it's cost us opportunities with certain people because they don't know how to perceive the show. And they don't know how to perceive the community. And every time they think they've got it figured out a certain way, we flip the script on them. And, and that happens with me and the meme team. And, and the memers know what I'm talking about because they're artists. So they understand where I'm coming from when I say one day we're creating faith-based memes that take you to a place of, of center with God and country. And then, and then randomly out of nowhere, you're like, you're the same creator that just took you back to your your center uh, with the Almighty. Then, like two days later, it's like, hey. <laughs> this is like, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> so. So what happens is you don't, and, and here's the thing that's fucked up. Depending on what time of the show you entered the show or what, what day you watched the show, if you don't watch it all the way through and you don't maybe watch a few days in a row, you will leave and go, that's, that's the show. Does that make sense? And that's a challenge for me and for the uh, the meme team. I think it's one of the things, and, and I don't, I can't speak to how they feel about me because I think that would be inappropriate. But one of the things I hope that the memers have understood about me as a host is that I I really wanted to give them a place to have the biggest landscape and and, and play area ever as an artist. Because a lot of people, they'll grab you and, and whether you're an artist or a meme or some other type of creator, they go, okay, I need you to do this type of that. And then that's it. And that's what you create. And then after six months or a year, you want to fucking end your, your fucking life because you're so bored. And for me, I want to throw them into a, an, a, an environment that, that they feel completely free with expression to where they're like, I can do anything and as long as I'm coming from like a really genuine place, he's going to find a way to work my art into the show. So that's kind of what I was trying to create was like this place. Because ultimately, when you give people total free reign that way creatively, brilliance comes out because they never feel stifled. That's the scariest thing is to feel stifled. That's why I do this show the way that I do it is because I never ever want to wake up and feel stifled or beholden to a particular format or a particular subject. And so we operate in this way because for me, this is how I found magic. You can create magic with total and complete freedom. And in many ways, it parallels what like President Trump was trying to do um, in this country from a, a Make America Greatest Grand standpoint. When you remove all of the parameters and the the obstruction of of americans creatively they're able to thrive by creating businesses and inventing things and becoming like not just energy independent but like to where where their lives center around the next creative pursuit and the next creative service to other people and when you start to do that and you create that environment like total 
miracles start to happen. They start to come out and, and you like, you start to move entire mountains because people are tapping into a place of inspiration, a place of prosperity, a place of vulnerability. That's the other thing about the show too. I think it's been, we, we and, and I've done this to myself. This is, no one did this to me, but like a lot of people, they go, the show is based around your ego. Oh, Dilly's got a huge ego. If you disagree with him, he'll block you. If you don't like what he's saying, he'll block you. And that, and that is centered around, you know, depending on how dumb your fucking argument is, or if you're being a distraction, in my mind, um, I'll, I will remove you. But they don't understand, in order to do a show with zero prep mentally, and to do a show that is, for all of the shows I've done, thousands now, and I've done them all the last five and a half, six years with nothing written down. This is just all organic. The jokes are organic. The bits that I do are organic. Uh, my opinions and pol political stances on 99.99% of the shit I talk about are completely in the moment. Um, in order to do that, you have to have an, an inordinate amount of vulnerability. And that's the truth is I am... I am not closed off in any way, shape, or form. And I, only, and I only fuck with people at a higher level that are willing to mirror that vulnerability. And that includes how I recruit now for our meme team. We didn't always do it that way. I really took um, people's word. I would go, oh, okay, that, if you say they're good, then they're good. And then after a while, we had enough bad incidences with bad people that we were like, we're never going to do it that way again. And then it became a process and we became... Uh, where it started, it used to be talent first, and then we'd worry about their character later. And then it became me vetting character first and essentially basically say, okay, we already know the person's rock solid. Now is the talent there? And do they have the right, right fucking demeanor? And then once that happened, um, then, it, then things can happen. And we can teach them and train them and show them things that, you know, others can't do. But... Um, it's kind of how we, we've operated, and uh, and it's 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 strange because a lot of what we've we've done here, you know, people miss that. I think that they miss it. They go on my social media and they'll read a post that I'll write. That you know, obviously as a writer, I can eloquently put down my thoughts, and then they go, "How is the guy that wrote this the same as the guy that gets onto the show and and does some of the most brutal comedy?" In, in the last 30 years and, and they're trying to reconcile that you're allowed to be this that that can be the same person the person who has a deep understanding and a deep relationship with God and with, with and genuinely wants to see other human beings succeed and thrive you're allowed to be that person while simultaneously um, using your discernment to dispose of and remove bad people through through jokes and words and other things and aggression so i think that's really something where they don't where they don't a lot of people they, they don't they can't make that connection and i've been seeing it a lot lately and so i i contemplate at times i'm like do i want a bigger show and the answer is i i think i do because i would really like to help a lot of people but I'm not willing to compromise on where we're at, and I have never been. And if, we, if we're honest, and we remember back in 2018 where this show started, it started with being like, you can't be a good Republican or a good Trump person 
and say the F word. That's where this actually started to where I was the only one screaming, fuck these evil motherfuckers from a, a major platform. And people went, oh my God, he's brutal. He's absolutely brutal. He's way too out there. That's where it started. And then we've stayed the course, and now I realize I haven't fucking changed, and neither has my team, although we've probably polished up a bit. What's happened is the culture is finally catching up to us, and for that reason, I see no reason, no, no point to trying to change what we do or how we do it. And it doesn't matter who it is that I'm talking to, and I, I mean this with all due respect, I'm not modifying a fucking thing. Everybody needs to get on my level and what I've been trying to teach to guide them through this time because if they do, we're going to be okay. If they fucking ignore me, shit's going to go really, really badly. And that's one of the things that had occurred. You know, there was a certain level of aggression and directness and, and a certain way that we tapped into when I first got back on Twitter and there was major apprehension from from big time people uh, f within the campaign because I was doing and saying things that was like, what the fuck is that guy doing? And they they had to steer clear because I'm risky. I'm going to say stuff that no one else is going to say and my team is going to make memes of shit no one else would think to make. But then, but then what happened, it became very clear that we were tapping into and we still are a segment of the population that is the largest segment of the uh, population, certainly of MAGA, that feels exactly the same way. And that's what's sort of fascinating to watch transpire right now. So uh, I guess I say all this to say thank you to all of you who have been willing to ride with me through this and continue to give me a chance every single day to um, sort of win you back over every day. That's, that's my goal. Every single day I was trying to win you back over, trying to make you you know, remind you and make you feel like you made a good decision spending two hours with me in the middle of your day when you could be doing anything else. So I always want to try and show you like, hey, man, it wasn't a waste. You didn't tune in in vain. Uh, I'm going to give you hopefully more value than you signed up for. Um, you know, a lot of if you're watching this for free or however, that's all I'm trying to do. And the meme team still does the same thing they've always done. And now, and it's fun when you add good people like a Brandy or, or you know, Jay Scott or not a bot or Mags. You know, these are all the recent people who've joined in this last, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year. And what's fun about it is like you go, you, you get good people and then you go, all, you go, all you're trying to do is, is uh, top one another. You're just trying to out-create one another. You understand? You're just trying to out-create one another. Don't worry about anything else. Uh, you know, they have their own competition on who can try to make me laugh, try to get me to crack up on the show, or trying to top one another with their, and it's just fun. And that's how we do it. So that's how we do it. So, all right. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about that this morning. It was on my mind. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. All right. So let's get into, let's get into a little bit of news. So I actually, I thought about this. I'm like, dude, do I want to go straight into like political news? And I really don't. I thought we'd start with a little cultural news just because I think it allows us all to check in on society, <laughs> which is always a fucking good thing. So we got to give credit where credit is due. And some of you motherfuckers did a good job on this particular subject. But, uh, but two states in particular are going to get more credit than anybody else. Two states in particular, more credit than anybody else. Number one state. We're all going to give a round of applause for North Carolina. 
All right, shout out to North Carolina. Number two state, South Carolina. If you reside in either North or South Carolina, you should be giving yourselves a round of applause and the rest of you are all fucking trying to play catch up. Why? Because Bud Light sales have fallen the most in North and South Carolina since the Dylan Mulvaney disaster. <clears throat> now, I really thought this was going to be like an Alabama or a Mississippi or a Tennessee, but nope. North and South Carolina have by far the most uh, essentially boycotting of Bud Light since the beginning. I'm proud of you. I think this is a testament to the Patriots in that state, in those states rather. There's a reason that my wife and I, when we want to go on a little road trip, we always head north to either North Carolina for lunch or we'll head out to South Carolina. And uh, congratulations. You should be proud of this. I think it's a really big deal. And uh, good for you. Honestly, you should wear this like a fucking badge of honor. The Carolina is kicking ass. Yeah, now, is this rumor true? I see my chat discussing it, so I want to talk about it because I had heard. So Trout, my good friend Trout out in Arizona says that, uh, is it true Costco is pulling Bud Light from the shelves because it's not selling? I had heard that, and then I honestly just got busy and wasn't able to follow up on the story. Can we talk about the Leah? All right, well, fucking Leah meme says it, it means it's true. Uh, Leah is confirming to us that Costco is, in fact, pulling Bud Light from the shelves. That is a fucking kill shot. Wow. That is so bad. So, wait. When they put the asterisks, Leah, you said they put the asterisks on their price signs. I don't know what that means, hon. What's it mean? Does the asterisks mean it's going away? I don't know Costco lingo. I don't know Costco speak. Is that what that means? Is that, is that, it means they're not restocking it. Okay. Wow. Wow. What a fucking kill shot that is. Man, that's impressive. All right. So someone says, uh, Costco said that Bud refused to take expired beer back so they pulled it wow so there was so much so basically there was so much boycotting they've got this shit just sitting on it on shelves wow good adios god you should be proud of yourselves okay congratulations thank you guys thank you chat for by the way for helping me uh, get through that story i didn't know that that's interesting all right, we got to keep going. We got to talk about others. So the left is trying to do something. Uh, they're trying to do their own boycott. They did this in 2018. It did not go well. And now here we are in 2023. They're doing it once again. It will fail. Leftists are calling for a boycott of In-N-Out Burger because its new policy requires employees in certain states to have a medical note if they want to wear a mask to work. Masks at in and out are are banned they are prohibited unless you have a doctor's note stating you can wear one and the left is so unhinged that they're listen to me 
Leah, can I give you homework, honey? I don't want to do you dirty like this, but I'm about to do you dirty like this. And I'll pay. Leah, I, I, me, Randy and I fucking miss in and out like you can't imagine. We absolutely love in and out Burger. And I know where you reside, there are, in fact, in and out Burgers. Can I Venmo you 20 bucks to go buy in and out Burger for you and your husband and maybe the babby? Can he eat burgers yet? The babby can't. I think he's, he's too little still. I mean, we could give him a fry, though. You know what I'm saying? You could give him a fry to, like, gum on. A fry would be fine, Leah. You give him a fry. Give the babby a fry. Maybe a little shake. Can you go to an In-N-Out burger for me? I'm going to send you 20 bucks because In-N-Out still is very affordable, too. You know what I'm saying? I'll send you 20 bucks, and you take you and hubby, and you guys get, you know, I want to buy your dinner. I'll buy you dinner. You guys go. And uh, you get yourself some In-N-Out burger, maybe do a dilly in the wild with it, and then give the babby a fry, all right? It is amazing. Oh, Lisa from Kaylee's like, Miguel California introduced us to, to In-N-Out. It's so good. God, it is. I know. It is. It is absolutely amazing. Lisa, so happy to see you in the chat today, honey. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Mike. I know Miguel Fournier and Mo are super, super upset right now because I'm not buying their In and Out burgers. <laughs> that's because neither one of you have babbies to feed. I want to see the babby get a fry. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's, the guys are like, "Hey, what the fuck, man? It's not more than twenty bucks for two two uh, In and Out. You get a regular In and Out burger with some fries and a drink, dude. That's like seven fifty or some shit. Still, it's super reasonable." Yeah, there you go. Anyway, shout out to In-N-Out for continuing to be based as fuck. Gotta love that one. I'm so proud. I'm actually very proud of that. Speaking of babbies, and I put this on my Twitter, and I was very, uh, you know, I love dogs. I love all animals, actually. True story. I love animals, and this was a, a, a sad story, but also an amazing story. Baby carried to safety by a stray dog after somebody abandoned it in the trash. Now, obviously, the second part of this is disgusting, but dude, fucking stray dog saves the babby and brings it to safety where people could get it. That's amazing. This is why dogs are amazing. This is why you should love your dogs and treat them with respect and play with them and laugh at how silly they are because dogs are awesome. And I thought this was pretty amazing. So where human beings failed, this dog fucking won. And uh, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's a straight. I hope somebody adopts the dog because that dog is a, is a damn hero. I mean, it's pretty amazing when a dog has more sense than a human about what the value of life is. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty remarkable. But good story. Babby is recovering fine. Totally getting back to complete health. Full recovery. All right, full recovery for the for the babby, but uh, that dog man is something else. That's a good one. I know that's a good one. Make it warmed my cockles as well. By the way, okay, it just did. It just did. All right, now switching gears a little bit, a little less, little less uh, tear jerking uh, story. Y'all bitches are fucking petty. All right, now I'm not saying every one of you, but most of you what a problem to have in 2023 
my sister-in-law posted an unflattering picture of me ugly crying in my wedding dress, so I cut her as a bridesmaid. <laughs> what? Dude, what? Really? You couldn't just ask her to delete it? You had to be like, well, you're out of the wedding. I mean, it's your sister-in-law. You're kicking this thing off. This fucking marriage is starting with you banning her from the wedding for posting a photo of you ugly crying? Do you know how weird you have to be as a person to do that? So your sister-in-law snaps a photo of you ugly crying in your wedding dress because you probably are doing a fitting. She posts you ugly crying and you fucking removed her as a bridesmaid? I'm assuming I'm assuming this was during a fitting. But dude, now you're going to try to walk down the aisle and marry this woman's brother with that in the back of the fucking everybody's You got that's weird as hell. Like, bro, like, yeah, this dude should have been, this is such a giant red flag. That is such a giant red flag. Now, if the, if the justification is the wedding dress being shown to the public before I understand it, but that's not what this was about. Just so we're clear, I want to clarify for you guys. It wasn't because she showed the wedding dress off. Okay, this is some bullshit stock photo. She was angry because she was ugly crying. Dude. God damn, man. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say to this. Welcome to 2023, everybody. I look down, I'm like, I'm going strong on that ad spot, and I hit fucking glizzards and... Oh, it's spelled totally fucked up, Randy. She knows. I'm like, the fuck is this? There's not like a fucking nickname for it? I can't fucking spell it. That doesn't even make sense. Skyance words, these people. I swear to God. The balls on these people. Yeah, how you guys doing? You guys good? Checking in on everybody. I feel like now everybody on Rumble is like trigger shy. I scared the shit out of Rumble by popping over there and just being like. They're like, leave us alone. Yeah, I know. It's not fair, Rumble. It happens, though. You get caught at the wrong moment, and then the teacher stares at your section of the classroom the rest of the day. Yeah, the rest of the day. That's how it happens. You got caught, and now everybody's just like on edge. Right? Because there's like, he's, he's staring at us. He's watching us right now. He's, he's absolutely watching it. No, I'm just kidding. Rumble behaves themselves. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you, you, you guys are okay over there. You guys are doing good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into some of our other stories. And yes, they are news-based, which Hogman will appreciate and love. Let me see which one I got to grab first. Hold on. <clears throat> not that. Not that. We'll get all this in a minute. 
Because some of it, I have some funny-ass stuff today. Some of this is just brutal, brutal stuff. Okay, yep, here we go. We're going to do a little economics news. I haven't done this recently. Honestly, the economy has sort of been just trudging along. Has not been a lot to, to really write home to, about, but we'll talk about some of it. By 2030, people over the age of 65 in the United States will outnumber those under 18. <laughs> this is why my fucking government teacher in high school told me, don't count on any money from Social Security. He was like, you'll never see a dime of it. He was adamant. He's like, don't even bother paying it. I was like, thanks, Mr. Malay. He's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, it's laughable that you, they even try to convince young people like you that you're ever going to see this money. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there you go. People over the age of 65 in the U.S. will outnumber those under 18. Some of y'all should have been fucking. It's not too late. It's not too late. Leave it in. We can win if you leave it in. <laughs> That's our new slogan for procreation of patriotic people. We can win if you leave it in. That's the new slogan. You're welcome, everybody. Go ahead. Let that one just germinate and take off. That feels like a meme waiting to happen. We need, that's what we need is like those old fucking tiny World War II type propaganda posters. That's what we need. We need old school fucking propaganda posters. We can win if you leave it in. You know? There you go. It's, that is money. You need a fucking, you need a, a, a general dilly wearing that fucking hat. Pointing that back at you. Letting you know. Letting you know, hey, dude, we can do this if we all pull together. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? There you go. It's a we can we can win if we if you leave it in. There you go. I'm just saying, it's it's a good slogan and it works. All right. Rejection rate for auto loans has hit the highest level for a data series that goes back to 2013. Yeah. You got a problem. You have got a problem right now in lending. Namely, because lenders are getting scared shitless of what they're seeing on the data from the economy, they are rejecting more loans. And part of the reason they're rejecting the loans is there's a lot of defaults in a lot of different areas of life. Brutal. Brutal. So there you go. This is uh, this is going to be tough. Now, part of what this is going to mean is a higher inventory. If less people who want cars are able to qualify, you will end up with a higher inventory because people aren't able to consume those vehicles. This also means that you will see a rise, which they died on the vine totally. In 2018 and 2019, Payday, payday, like car loan places where you go and buy here, pay here, they all disappeared. They are all going to be coming back. All of those are coming back now. Buy here, pay here car loans are going to make a return to the marketplace because people can't get qualified. Now, that's not the only industry where the music has stopped. The other industry that you're going to see the, mu the music has stopped is in 
uh, home lending. And what I mean by that is this is going to drive rental rates to the fucking moon. Hear me out. Sales of existing homes declined in June. It's down almost 19% from the previous year. Ex existing home sales fell by 3.3% in June alone to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 4.1 million. So here's where this is going. And here's where this is going. This is going to result in essentially people who own homes are not willing to sell them because they don't want to have to qualify at the newer rates. What's going to happen is the rates have gone so significantly up that in order for you to buy the same home you're in now, you're probably going to have to find it at a purchase price of one hundred and fifty to 200000 less. So what's happened is Americans who are savvy buyers know that now is the not the time to sell. Now is the time to hold and keep your powder dry and enjoy your low rates if you got them in time and laugh as everyone attempts to purchase homes around you paying seven and a half or more percent on prime, which is insane. And this is what's going on is, so what does that mean for the rental market? Well, the rental market, because lenders have eliminated a huge segment of buyers, because there are people who could have qualified all day long at 3.5% for their first home. They're all excited. Great, buying a $300,000 starter home or $250,000 starter home. I've got a 4% interest rate. We're excited. At 7%, that $300,000 loan is now a $180,000 loan of which there are no $180,000 homes. So what this is going to do is force people out of the buying market who wanted us to, to enter, and now they have to go and, and scrum around for rentals. Now, here's the double fucking whammy. New home starts and new, uh, and new building permits on multifamily have slowed thanks to the out of control inflation and the, the interest rates. So when you have a slowdown in starting building on multifamily, you start to bottleneck rental market. You've got to understand what you're looking at. Remember, there's a new 18-year-old, you know, fucking 18-year-old Americans are steadily enter entering the American workplace. So what this means is as the young people graduate high school or leave college, and maybe they lived at home through that whole time period, now they're ready to get out on their own, what they're finding is the rental market, they're competing, I mean, imagine being an 18 or 19 year old and you're competing with 37 year old uh, husband, wife and families for the apartment that used to be your, your beginner apartment. This is where people really don't understand. The bottleneck will start to happen because you used to not all be competing for the same space, right? You would have new home starts going on $250,000 uh, beginner homes. You get to pick out your granite countertops and your different shit. And what would happen is that 18-year-old that or 22-year-old wouldn't be competing with the 37, 35-year-olds who just had their first babies because they're in totally different parts of the spectrum. But where you're at right now is where you're graduating and you go, I want to get out on my own. And now that you've got to try and go and, and compete 
with bona fide uh, established renters and borrowers, et cetera, et cetera. So it'll create a downward spiral uh, on availability, but an upward spiral on rental costs, which should scare the shit out of everybody who's already renting at an exorbitant rate. So that's kind of what's happening on that front. Now, as far as yesterday's big news story, I think this was the news story of the day, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. We'll get to it here in a second. Is uh, the Hunter Biden shit. The IRS whistleblower. Now, I made a bigger argument yesterday that people were like, well, that's not the discussion. I said, I know. But that's because you're all fucking lemmings. The discussion yesterday was Hunter Biden and his dad clearly guilty of tax evasion. Clearly, there's not a fucking doubt, okay? It's, it's about as obvious, cut and dry as you're going to ever see. <laughs> now, the tax evasion is involved with bribery and treason, and these are all reasons that the Biden family should be behind bars. And I was sort of being the stick in the mud yesterday because I'm like, if we're going to have a discussion about taxes in the IRS... I don't fucking care about the Bidens. The conversation I want to have is that nobody should go to prison for not paying these fucking unconstitutional pricks. My, I think this is where they get you. They get you to argue about criminality on a subject involving an organization that is overtly criminal. And I was, I was debating probably some Dilly 300 people. I'm like, if you fucking think that I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of sending them up the river for tax evasion, you're fucking out of your minds. You don't know who I am. Do you understand? I'm like, I'm good, bro. I'm all about exposing them on the bribery and the fucking pedophilia. All of it. But you could fucking miss me with setting precedent for sending more Americans to fucking prison for not paying this crooked, unconstitutional fucking uh, entity. And this is where we were having a, a little bit of a, people are like, well, that's what we're talking about. I'm like, well, that's what we should be talking about. Because they're going to get you to argue, like, here's what's happening. The left is over here standing on, fuck you, this is all bullshit. Trump did this on his taxes, yada, yada, yada. Liz Warren's over there on the same si side going, we should tax them at this percent, a hundred percent, everything over a billion dollars you should have to give back. This is all fucking commie shit, okay? Every thought on this side is commie shit. But all the thoughts on this side, send him up the river, he's fucking guilty, he cheated the system. You dude, that's you literally fucking figuring out the length of your own fucking noose. And you're too dumb to realize it. You're like, fuck Hunter. Yeah, he didn't pay his fucking taxes. And it's like, dude, dude, they're not going to get him. But they're going to use your screeches for fucking law and order around tax evasion. And they're going to fucking lynch you with it. Because you're the target. They didn't hire 87,000 fucking IRS agents to crack down on people like the Bidens. They hired them. To go after you, the American patriot. So you can fucking miss me with the whole, oh man, let's throw him in fucking prison for tax evasion. Fuck you. 
in the balls, by the way, of the Republican Party, who claims to be constitutionally sound and, oh, we're about the American people and small government, fuck you. You couldn't be bothered to hold a hearing on abolishing the IRS at any goddamn fucking point, a serious hearing, in the last hundred years. But the second the Bidens, who are already crooked and fucking have a million other crimes you could be prosecuting, strayed on taxes, you decide that's the fucking, that's the hill you're going to die on? Fuck them all, okay? Fuck the Republicans setting precedent for more jail time for Americans not paying unconstitutional, unlawful fucking taxes. And fuck the Democrats for thinking that, that we need to go after Republicans for more of their money and, and rich people for more of their money. Honest to God, I can hate them both equally on this subject. I The whole GOP, the only discussion you need to be having is, you know what, Hunter Biden, let's prosecute him for treason and bribery. And simultaneously, while we have the IRS here, let's have a conversation about the fucking legitimacy of this entity on whether or not it should even exist. Because that's the only conversation. I got to tell you something. This is going to be really fucked up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, the chat, decipher this one. There are two things that could happen. I'm going to give you two of them. Let's say Hunter Biden goes to jail for tax evasion or the IRS is essentially put under the microscope and eventually totally abolished and or reformed which one do you think is actually going to affect your life day in and day out? Do you think in 13 years you're going to wake up and go, God, thank God Hunter's behind bars for tax evasion. Oh, now how much do I owe this year? Or do you think the bigger target that absolutely needs to be fucking looked at is Dude, I, if you woke up knowing you didn't have to pay taxes next year, how would it change your spending? How would it change your involvement in the economy? They, they gaslight you on shit on purpose because they deliberately, they want to make sure you always are looking there or here or there or there and never at the actual thing that's going to change your life permanently. Hunter Biden is fucking window dressing bullshit. He's a political football that they throw back and forth to each other to get elected. He's shit. The IRS, the entity of the IRS in the very fucking legal existence of the IRS is the thing that would change your life instantly, overnight. Overnight. But they use you, they gaslight you, and that's why I don't have anything to share with you on this subject but one fucking frame. I have one frame to discuss. And everything else is, I don't want to hear about Hunter and the IRS. I want to hear about the Republican-controlled Congress and why you haven't defunded and abolished or at least started the conversation about getting rid of the IRS. That's it. That's fucking it. Because for every hunter that may or may not get investigated and may or may not do a week in fucking club fed, there are thousands of Americans who are rotting in a fucking prison 
for tax evasion right now. And none of you, none of you are morally superior for paying more taxes. You're just stupid. Do you understand? There is no moral dilemma with pay. Oh, I, he paid his taxes. Oh, you're, you're a good American. No, you're a dumb, weak cunt. Not saying you shouldn't pay your taxes, but to try and be fucking self-righteous about it is insane. None of us really should be doing paying the sums that they require. I sure as fuck know I shouldn't. They ass fuck me every spring out of a new fucking car, okay? That's how much I get the nice deep dicking from the IRS. And as far as I can tell, the IRS has never even promoted the show. They never fucking did anything to help me. They didn't do shit. All they did was take all my goddamn money and send it to a fucking cokehead in Ukraine. They never earned any of it. Thank you. Hogman gets me, dude. I've never felt proud paying my taxes either, Hogman. Do you know what I feel? I feel like a sucker every time. I have never stroked a check to those fucking assholes and said, God, I'm a good American. It's actually the opposite. Every time I've ever fucking given them money, I feel like the biggest pussy ever. I'm like, dude, why do I let them do this to me? Why do I even let them have access? I worked really hard for this. I didn't sleep some nights. I, I gave advice. I lost my voice. I, I was away from my family. I was away from my wife. I gave up fun time with my kids. I gave up fun time, things that I enjoy so that these motherfuckers could have my money. It's never made me feel like a good person or a good American. It's only ever made me feel like I've completely been fucked over. There's never a faster red pill, I don't think, that you live in a, in a mafia-run, cartel-fucking-oriented government than tax season. And it's horrendous because the taxes don't go to even what they tell you they're for. The biggest misconception is that somehow your taxes are used to pay for, hold on, get this, for your infrastructure. <laughs> what? You're so cute. Oh, you're adorable. See, you don't understand that your taxes, every red fucking cent of the money the IRS collects goes to pay the interest owed on the national debt to the Federal Reserve System and those cartel of banks. See, no one wants to tell you that you're just paying the equivalent of credit card minimums on interest on money that never existed to a cartel of six fucking banks that call themselves the Federal Reserve. Nobody wants to know that. You're just paying credit card minimums on a out-of-control debt. It doesn't pay for anything new at all. What they make you do is borrow more money to pay for the new stuff so that once a year, you pay the interest on the loans on the old stuff. That's how it's actually set up and that's how it works. And so I've never felt good about this subject. I, I don't know how to participate on the pile on of the Bidens regarding it. So instead, we're gonna focus on other parts of the case that don't send me into a fucking rage. 
like this one by Paul Sperry. Developing House Oversight has just obtained the bank records for the Burisma payments from Ukraine transferred into Biden pass-through accounts. Now this, this is actually important. This isn't about who did and didn't report their taxes. This is about smoking gun, absolutely busted, dead to rights, bribery proof. Now, I want you to listen to me very carefully. For those of you who say that nothing will happen, you're right. Not right now. You're absolutely right. Today, nothing is going to happen. In a month, nothing will happen. You're right. Dilly agrees with you totally. But you, like me, believe in Donald J. Trump. And when Donald John Trump tells you he is your retribution in 2024, the only thing you need to know is this is a silver fucking bullet in 2025. And they all know it. You're right. We will not have any convictions in the next 16 months. But you are going to have an absolute ironclad fucking swinging from a you-know-what case in 2025. Retribution, motherfucker. This is treason. And you must maintain your faith, your righteous faith, in all that is right and all that is just, that if you do your job, and I do my job, and we all exceed our own expectations, that when we put Donald John Trump back in office in 2024, there will be hell to pay, and everything that we are exploring and unearthing today will be utilized for that. Either you believe and trust Trump or you don't. This isn't me blowing smoke up your ass. We can't control, we cannot control the integrity of man. What we can do is do our best and discern our most to which man will follow through on what he promises. We can't make him do this. We can only say, you know what? I want to roll the dice because this man, above all other men, has earned my trust in this regard. And that's it. And you go forward with that type of a discussion. It's not a matter of will he or will he not. He said he will. He has been through hell and back. I choose to give him the benefit of the doubt on this to show me that he's serious. <coughs> and we cannot know if he's serious until we put him back in office. And until he's in office, you don't know. But at this juncture, nobody is promising you retribution for this kind of shit. No one.
So we'll see. We will see. There either will be hell to pay or there won't. And that ties in with a meme. A meme that was created inside of the Dilly Meme Room by Mag's Memes with the assistance, inspiration, if you will, of Magical Trevor, a total team effort. It made its way onto True Social. And once it had reached True Social, it eventually made its way onto Donald J. Trump's True Social page. Congratulations, boys. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. Do you want to know where they really fucked up? Shout out to Mags and uh, Magical Trevor and the entire meme team because we all work collectively together. Proud of you guys. It's a great fucking meme. Donnie J. Trump letting you know where his head's at. Yeah, that, that, that organization, by the way, that stole Mags' meme. Yeah. They've been trying to solicit my memers for months. And, uh, yeah, we're not in lockstep. Let me just put it that way. We're not, we're not cool. And, uh, and that organization, despite the name, yeah, I can't find anybody from team Trump that's willing to say, yeah, we're, we're, we back them. Not one person, not one. And that includes the senior most members of team Trump, not one. So just take that for what it's worth. Ain't nobody. Nobody said, oh, yeah, they're affiliated with us. They're like, nah, fuck that. We didn't sanction that. That's what I thought. Anyway. Clout chasing losers got no talent. I want to tell you guys something kind of crazy. Do you know why they're fucked this time? If Trump gets in. And I'll, let me narrow down the question so you guys can, I want, I want to take you down my line of thought. And it's actually the same reason that I bought into Trump hook, line, and sinker. Once I understood and I heard him, I heard his first, the first time I heard a speech from him, I was like, oh shit, I missed it. Because I wasn't paying attention. And I've told that story. I didn't pay attention to uh, what Trump was doing until this, about November of 2015. That first four months of the campaign, I was, dude, my life was somewhere else. I wasn't doing politics. You want to know why they really are fucked, though? It's the same reason that I knew they were fucked the first time as far as him wanting to win. Now, a lot of you will say he's fucked because they fucked with his family. And you'd be right, but that's not it. And you'd say they're fucked because um, they cost him money. Or they fu they're fucked because they indicted him, which is true, but why is indicting him so important? 
Do you want to know why they're really fucked? They embarrassed him and tried to sully his name. I realized that Donald Trump was the real deal once I, fi I finally sat down and I listened to a speech because it hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard him speak. He was doing what he was doing because he wanted to preserve his legacy as a man. And nothing preserves your legacy as a man like doing something totally legendary and selfless. He worked his whole life to be a shrewd yet fair businessman, a guy that never strayed, never got, never got in trouble with the law, never faced any kind of weird criminal indictments and shit. And he watched for years as people he knew who had climbed that ladder socioeconomically that did it illegally and they got caught and they got prosecuted and they went to jail. And that's part of that game when you're at a certain level. And Donald John Trump had taken over his family business and took it to levels never before seen. And he had never, ever faced any kind of a criminal probe or indictment. And they took <coughs> his, <coughs> excuse me, his name and smearing it for politics is water off a duck's back. It was never going to stick to him. As a matter of fact, because Trump loves the game, and I mean the game of anything, game of business, the game of politics, he respects it. So he doesn't, like if you smear him in a certain way politically, it's literally just whatever. It's politics. No big deal. That's why he was like, ah, Ted Cruz, lying Ted. And then he was like, Ted Cruz saw the light. I'm going to let him back. It's because Trump literally views that aspect of politics is a game. I'm gonna out fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you with a nickname. You're gonna fuck me with a nickname. You're gonna release pictures of that. I'll release this. That's, it's 100% not personal to him. Because it's the only way you can operate in big business, by the way. In big, big business, you have to be like, it ain't fucking personal. Fuck the other guy, he's trying to fuck you. And then we might actually have to be friends later because there's a mutual opportunity to build business. You understand me? Where they completely crossed the line, and this is why he's been saying this in his speeches, and he's trying to get the public to understand, Donald John Trump delineates there's a difference between gamesmanship and politics, which is smearing you and making fun of you and memeing you and branding you and trying to actually destroy your livelihood through criminal indictment. In his mind, he's like, whoa, wait a minute. You just did something that is totally, totally unforgivable. You, you took my name, which my entire life, I had never been in a courtroom for this type of a reason. I had never faced a grand jury about me. And you took my name and you fucking smeared it. And you embarrassed my name and my family to where now all of the bullshit political smearing you've done, you gave it all legitimacy by saying, see, 
if he was a good guy, he wouldn't be in a courtroom uh, preparing to go to jail. This is what changed the game. This is why it was the greatest. Why do you think he turned the other cheek when he got in the office the first time? He was like, okay, guys, the game is over. I have won. I am now your president. Allow me to get in here. I'm going to make you all a lot of money. You're all going to have a lot of fun. And in many ways, he was naive to believe that these people would stop there because I think he really was still figuring out how it all works. That was the first time around. That's why Hillary didn't face a serious concern of prison time. But they broke the fucking rule. They took it when they went, we're going to destroy your, your everything you've ever worked for. We're going to smear it. We want to make it to where you go to prison for the rest of your life. Your children and your family have to live on in shame. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that the Trump name is synonymous with a cautionary tale. That's the left's objective. The left's objective is if we prosecute Donald John Trump and we put we effectively do this, we will end the risk of a Donald Trump Jr. ever becoming president. We end the risk of an Eric Trump ever pursuing higher office or an Ivanka or a Barron. They're attempting to end all, they want to cauterize the wound and go, Trump is over. They fucked up though, because he's not a criminal and he didn't break the law. And in, by doing so, by prosecuting and indicting and vilifying an innocent man, they have created a modern day Martyr, a man whose name will now exceed everything he's ever done. His legend grows by the day because of this. But this is the main reason everything is ramping up in an aggressive way. They broke the one rule you don't break, which is they went down a path that is un, you cannot come back from it. They went down a path that they knew. They've known he's innocent since the day he came down the escalator. And up until this moment, it's only been dirty pool, which Trump doesn't mind. But using the judiciary, Department of Justice and the FBI, to go beyond dirty pool, to seek an actual removal from his home and his family and his kids, and to put him, incarcerate him, you are now outside of the game of politics. And what you have done is you've now poked the bear to where it's no longer a game you're playing. It's now, I live and you die or the reverse. Someone's gotta go. This is the proverbial zero-sum game I have spoken about since I began this show. You are headed for a collision course. There is going to be a definitive winner and loser. It will not be this awkward society that's sort of mishmashed together. It's actual, real 
war. Only, only one group, one man is coming out of the arena alive. Or at least free. And there are people who are now realizing what they are witnessing and experiencing is more than politics. One of those men is actor Jim Caviezel, who, after sitting down and spending time with President Trump last night at Bedminster, New Jersey, went on Fox and Friends this morning with Brian Kilmeade and stunned the host and everyone else on the set when he had this to say. We have to do a lot more. And we got to start with Donald Trump. What do you mean? Well, he's got to be in there because he's going to go after the traffickers. Do you think he, would, do you think he understands that? Uh, I, I, we, were, we were with him last night. Oh, I didn't know that. Minster, yes. Yeah. Oh, we so showed, he's going to be moved to do this, do something. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He wasn't he's here gonna, last night. This is the new Moses. I mean, I'm still Jesus, but he's the new Moses. <laughs> Pharaoh, let my children go free. All right. I did not know that was an impressive screening at Bedminster, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo, Jim Caviezel, great to see you again. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. I can't say I'm surprised, <laughs> but I know how intense you are. And good job. This is the people's movie. God bless you. Absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, Thanks, watch Sounds of Freedom in theaters and pay it forward by buying movie tickets for those that can't afford them at angel.com slash freedom. They didn't know what to say. Kill me, didn't know what to say. First, he tried to pretend he didn't know what these two gentlemen were talking about, which was embarrassing. Kill me, tried to pretend he had no idea about, oh, you, you were with Trump last night? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I had no idea. Wow, I didn't, you were, you were with Trump last, I didn't realize, I didn't even know, what, what were you guys doing? Oh, you were, Oh, oh, really? I didn't even... Oh, and you think he's going to move to action on this? Well, Kilmeade, what was the giveaway that Trump might do something about this? The fact that he incarcerated more sex traffickers and pedophiles in four years in office than the previous 20 fucking years combined? Was that maybe the indication, Kilmeade, that Donald Trump actually cares about the issue? Or did you not give a shit and not study this like you should have been the entire time Trump was in office? But then you got Jim Caviezel hitting you with the modern-day Moses language, and Fox producers are in Kilmeade's ear like, that's the end of the interview. Kill the interview. It's over. Wrap it. You're done, Brian. Brian, get them the fuck off my set right now. Kill the feed. End it. End it. Go into commercial. Out. We're out in six, five, four, three. We're done. We're out. Get, get out of there, Brian. Abort ship. They don't want you discussing the biblical nature of what you are witnessing. They don't want you discussing the God element of the MAGA movement. And they sure as shit don't want you discussing what and who President Trump may represent in modern times. Sure as fuck don't want you making it, drawing a comparison between he and Moses. They were out. They were like, this is not a conversation we're going to have on this show. We don't want any part of it. 
Panic, panic, panic. Abort, abort. Get out. They should be scared. President Trump, passionate last night at Bedminster, discussing this subject and more uh, before the uh, showing. And he was, he's Trump, man. He cares. It ain't real. Or it ain't, it ain't, uh, it ain't an act. Like, it's real. Like, how he feels about protecting children is super near and dear to his heart. And it was very obvious uh, in, in a lot of these clips you're going to see. Thank you all very much. That was incredible, Jim. That was unbelievable. Uh, what a job. So, for President Day, it's a possibility. I mean, you made this the hottest movie anywhere in the world, so I think maybe becoming the president of Mexico by comparison, right? So I just wanted to thank you all. That was unbelievable acting. And Tim, what a job you did. I wouldn't want to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And you did. And you did. And you really did. Great combination. Beautiful combination. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. It's uh, something that I'm not sure if you're supposed to enjoy or learn. It's a combination, but it's uh, that was a great movie. And uh, I now understand why it's doing so well. It's setting records, by the way. It's being uh, the biggest movies out. They have some of the big summer blockbusters, and this is uh, knocking the socks off of them, so that's pretty good. Uh, I'd love to have your potential. Like potential. <laughs> Anybody want to make a movie? Because I think Jim maybe will be available, but maybe not so long. It is an incredible thing that uh, two movies, and you've done others, but two movies, two of the biggest, I guess, the two biggest independents ever done. And uh, it was an honor getting to know you. And I even agreed to do a podcast for somebody. Who is that somebody? Is that you, Tim? Well, that's the least I can do, and I look forward to doing it. So I hope everybody had a fantastic time. I did. It's an incredible inspiration. And you guys are something very special. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Come back anytime. Thank you very much. Now, what I love about this clip is it affected him. I think it, it affected him in a different way um, than maybe he even expected. And I love that about Trump. I think he was moved. I think he was inspired. And when you take that, like, okay, he sees that, right? I, I just, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be conspiratorial. But when you take the clip like this, like this is what he did last night. You understand? This is what he did last night. And then he woke up this morning at the crack, and this is what he retruthed. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do 
things to you that have never been done before. Meme team, do you understand now why you're so important? Think of the kind of voice that you give even to a man like Donald Trump through your creativity because he can't say some of the things that he might want to say to the public. Can he? He's not really allowed to just outwardly say. But he woke up and he saw that and was like, yeah, I'm feeling some kind of fucking way. This is one of the most, I think, fascinating aspects of what we do as a community. It matters. As a team, as a people, as a coalition, it matters. Because you don't know. Mag's certainly didn't know. The meme team didn't know. Magical Trevor, when he was like, hey, add this part. Hey, let's do this. You didn't know that Trump was going to retruth it. And you sure as shit didn't know that he was going to see it the morning after he watched that particular movie and was feeling some kind of way. And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. What a mind fuck, huh? I mean, you're just like, Because you're giving a, it's, it's, it's deeper than I think simply just like, oh, we took a thing you accomplished and showed people. Or we made fun of some people for you. You guys did a great job, dude. Really be proud of that. I think what you've done and what you're doing um, is giving people their, their real voices back. And that, that fucking matters. Well, one man who's also dealing with voice issues right now, and it ain't because he's singing, because he sounds incredible. It's the backlash from uh, everybody, pretty much, except for conservatives and non-violent uh, people who just want to be left the fuck alone. They love him still. Jason Aldean is a fantastic guy who just came out with a great new song. Support Jason all the way. MAGA. Jason Aldean is an unapologetic Trump supporter. He is an unapologetic MAGA American. And uh, if you're going to rally around a very famous, very successful person right now, you might want to consider Jason Aldean, whether it's downloading his music, playing his music, whatever you got to do. He's getting all kinds of blowback for putting together a song and music video about pushing back against Antifa and BLM. And he's catching all kinds of hell for it. And you just keep bumping that shit. Because, uh, yep, continue to support him. He took a risk. All these people have a lot to lose. Remember, they're, they're already on the top of that mountain. So anything they do at the top of that mountain could result in tumbling down it. But uh, Jason Aldean sticking his neck out for the right reasons. And uh, I think you guys need to be very proud of that. Another guy sticking his neck out for the right reasons is our friend Don Jr., who has a brand new investment that he, uh, he's been talking about it for a while. It's Public Square. It's now a publicly traded company. And this morning, it made its debut on the New York Stock Exchange and pissed off all the right people. <laughs> Mortgage increases than we thought. The Fed... 
percent of sales right now, new home sales, are so much higher than they have been. Yes, in these guys, overall sales. You know, these 2019, and that's the magic number that the Fed is upset about. 40% increase, and this says, listen, we are going to have more homes, but you're not going to get that price come down. Uh, you heard the, the uh, opening bell here at the big board. PSQ Holdings debuting via SPAC this time. Over to NASDAQ, generic drug company ANI Pharmaceuticals. Uh, all right. We've, you know, no, I was going to give a different key this morning, which is Taiwan Semi. Let's stay on, let's stay on semi, Horton. Obviously, sure. we, we'll come back yeah. to Tesla. And then- now, it's important to remember, Kramer is a fucking commie, okay? He's not just an idiot. He's actually a commie. So he was beyond annoyed. He was beyond annoyed at the USA chance at the New York Stock Exchange. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, bud. Your days are numbered. All of you motherfuckers. And uh, if you were wondering if the passion just was inside the building, it, it was all over the place. It was everywhere, inside, outside, around the building. You name it, MAGA showed out for Donnie Jr. Very cool. Congratulations to Don Jr. And everybody involved with that project. Very cool. Very exciting to see. What a fun, what a fun thing. Whole Trump family. Finding new ways to win all the time. And it's going to affect you. It's going to make it better for you. Now I'll be keeping my powder dry on this next conversation. Because it's not a conversation that you guys probably want to have. You're probably tired of it. But we're going to have it. Because Team Meatball is in real fucking trouble. They are in real, real trouble. Rumors are flying that Rod DeSantis is about to drop out. He's currently pushing his staff, the ones not already fired, to rave about New Hampshire as one last-ditch strategy to get some of the fence donors back in. If he can't get the donors, he'll have to slowly keep firing people over the next few weeks until it's time to call it quits. What a sad way to end. Maybe it's a rumor. Maybe there's nothing there. But unfortunately, it's not one media outlet putting out these types of stories. Showtime pulled the Ron DeSantis Vice documentary over political concerns. The episode contained footage of DeSantis' response to allegations he witnessed the torture of prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. Oopsie. It is, there is no good news for Team Meatball right now. It is all bad all the time. Everywhere they look, it's worse. Not only that, Team Trump doing a fucking backflip because Team Meatball 
DeSantis went on the four o'clock hour with Jake Tapper, completely bombed the interview, pulled in a poultry 786 during the four o'clock spot, only to then watch Hannity pull a fucking 2.847 at the uh, nine o'clock hour. Ouch. Fucking ouch. So now it's not enough that you only get 30 or 40 people to your shitty meetups. You've also got to get your ass handed to you when you finally, finally got the courage to go on with Jake Tapper of CNN and Donald John Trump throws together a town hall where he gets to fucking body you by more than triple the viewership. Ouch. Ouch. Nobody likes you, loser. Nobody fucking likes you. Nobody. And now, as if that weren't enough, the race to the White House delegation count, uh, you know, as far as their uh, preliminary primary forecast, is now putting DeSantis at an all-time new low, projecting he only secure 259 delegates. He was at a projected 1,446 in December. That's what he was projecting in December of last year. Today, he's projected to get 259. This is going to go down as one of the biggest ass kickings in modern political history. A total and complete destruction of a man's entire fucking career. And he doesn't have anybody to blame but himself. And maybe some of these weirdos realize how many threats that we get every day, how many threats the governor gets because, because of, of fake saying. news yeah. like this, because they're, you know, they're making up these disgusting stories that have no basis in reality, but they really do affect people. No self-defense system. After one week with me and my dojo, you'll be prepared to defend yourself with the strength of a grizzly. The reflexes of a puma. Wisdom of a man. Come down today for your free trial lesson. If we're gonna spit nails, uh, we're gonna bring all this stuff in for a landing. If we're gonna spit nails, spit nails. Together we would take a shower in the basement. We had a daily meeting when we took showers in the basement. Am I allowed to say that? If we're gonna spit nails. Please clap. Now. I'm going to give DeSantis a little credit. He knows. He knows. The writing has been on the wall for months, and he knows. Contingency plans have been made. He understands he's got a problem, and his problem is his absolutely power-hungry, domineering wife. He knows. We've got evidence to support that he knows. But first, let's take a look at that power-hungry, domineering wife one more time. This was his response. 
I'm not running to be somebody. I'm running to do something. I'm not running to be somebody. I'm running to do something. He's doing it for the right reasons. He's not running because he wants to be somebody. He's running because he wants to do great things. He's not running because he wants to be somebody. He's running because he wants to do great things. Ron, again, I want you to know is running for the right reasons. Not because he wants to be somebody. It's because he wants to do great things. He's running for the right reasons. Not because he wants to be somebody. It's because he wants to do great things. I'm not running to be somebody. I'm running to do something. Please clap. Never Back Down Incorporated is responsible for the content of this advertising. He knows he's in trouble. California, killing it. He knows he's in trouble. He's known he's been in trouble for a long, long time. How long is he in, has he known? A year or more? I think he knew he was walking into destruction. And I think he also is miserable. And you would be too. And when you know your wife is about to destroy your career and you're miserable, you start to make contingency plans. This Machiavellian motherfucker is doing just that. Florida Governor DeSantis signs bill ending permanent alimony. Wait, what? June 30th, 2023. DeSantis on Friday signed a measure that will overhaul the state's alimony laws after three vetoes of a similar bill. It gets worse. Also, here we go. Pensacola News Journal. The new law caps durational alimony to three years or less, and those terms are limited based on the duration of the marriage. Uh-oh. Oh, you fucking bitch. You ruined my fucking career. Well, guess what? Hope you enjoy three years of fucking unemployment alimony. Governor DeSantis signed several new laws into effect, including a law that overhauls the state's alimony laws by eliminating permanent alimony. Uh-oh. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, here we go, Governor Ronnie D. I will open my gas station, and you can't do a god thing, goddamn thing about it. Let me just go ahead and secure the bag for 2027 and beyond. Yeah, I can see what you're doing here. You're going to get three years, and then you can get fucked, and I am going to open rondiments, and we are going to have a good old time with me and my new stripper girlfriend, Destiny. What? You think it's beyond him to do this for himself? Really? Really? This is the same guy that changed the Florida resigned to run law so that he could run for president. You don't think that this sleazy fucking lawyer would change the laws centered around divorce because he's married to an overbearing bitch? Are you shitting me? I mean, you really, really have got to be fucking naive to think that Rod DeSantis wouldn't 
manipulate alimony laws to make sure he's not broke as shit going into his 50s. I'm telling you right fucking now that's what he's doing. He signed that shit into law, and almost immediately after signing it into law, he started firing people on the campaign. You can't kind of maybe see how he's like, I'm fucked, but if I'm fucked, so are you. Checkmate, you bitch. Yeah, I might be a weirdo who speds and has fucking strange eating habits, but you've got to get up pretty early in the morning to out meatball Rod DeSantis. Really? Executes that law June 30th? July 1st, it goes into effect? July 10th, he starts laying people off? Really? Just put this one... Put this one in the fucking vault for a few years, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Just put it in the vault for a few years and watch. Because I get the feeling that DeSantis just essentially gave himself a get-out-of-jail-free card. We are this much closer. We are one step closer to, to rondiments becoming a real thing. And Mike's been zeroing in on this guy's face for months. That look on his face when his wife is speaking is disdain. You don't even have to be a psychologist and study this to know that. That look when she starts talking isn't him checking out or being bored or disinterested. It is deep-seated, absolute vitriolic disdain. And he can't hide it. He had the same look when he had to talk about Trump during that. Remember when he said, oh, I can't piss off his voters? That look is, it's, there's nothing else like it. Disdain. Contempt. You know what she's going to do, right? You realize Casey will just literally marry one of his fucking... He, she's probably going to start looking for MAGA fucking men when this is over. You, you talk about driving a stake in your chest. I mean, Kimberly Guilfoyle left Newsom and went to Don Jr., okay? Like, talk about a, oh, fuck. What you need to ask yourself is... Which hardcore alpha MAGA fucking politician is single? You understand? She ain't going the other direction. She already had the weird fucking, you know, I'm just telling you, she's going to be like, she's going to be looking at checking in on Byron Donald's marriage to make sure he's still good. You still good? Just checking. Just checking, Byron. Telling you. Byron's happily married, but I'm telling you, she's going to be checking in like, how you doing over there? How, how you doing, Matt Gates? He's like, not today, devil. Not today, devil. It's the same reason that Christina Peshaw hasn't blocked me. It's inexplicable. There's no rational reason for Christina Peshaw blocking every single member of my meme team. 
my wife, most of the Dilly 300, and she never blocks me. She fucking loves me. She loves me. She's like, dude, I got to keep an eye on him. You can always tell. You always can tell. Because it doesn't make no sense. Why the fuck do you not block me? I am making fun of you in your fucking replies every day. I'm tagging you three to five times a week showing that you suck at your job. She's just like, God, I want that. It's like, you stay away, ma'am. I'm here to make fun of you. She's just laying in the cut like, maybe shit will go wrong. Maybe something will happen. <laughs> I'm like, you stay the fuck away, ma'am. I know the reason. Even my wife hates it. She goes, why hasn't she blocked you? I'm like, you know why she hasn't blocked me. And Rihanna's like, you're right. I'm like, you know exactly why the bitch hasn't blocked me. It's just like, you just never know. I'm like, nah, son. Nah, son. Yeah, she's like fucking, she can't help herself. She hasn't blocked uh, fucking Alex Bershowitz for the same reason either. She won't block Alex for the same reason. Because she's like, ugh. She's all smitten and shit. She won't. She can't. She hates it. She probably drives her fucking nuts to get trolled relentlessly by alpha men that are like just... She's got to work with all these like fucking drunken toads. And she's got to get trolled nonstop by alpha males. That's got to be... Dude, that's got to suck, if I'm honest. Like, you're going to go cry in your DMs to John Cardildo or Bill Mitchell? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, oh, God, get rid of these guys. It's painful. All right, I think I'm done. I'm done today. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for letting me start the show with such a long, like, sort of uh, kumbaya rant. I appreciate you. Let me do that. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you for spending uh, your days with me. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. I am author Brendan Dilly, and I'll be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another episode of The Dilly Show. Until then, let's keep taking it all back. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. But there is no way. This is the United States of America. We're not giving up our sovereignty to anybody. Fuck that. We came too close. Now we're going back the other direction. We're not going to get calmer as years go by. We're going to get more fired up. We're going to want more. I want more. This culture war... You fucking idiots is not is not something about the just oh the next re-election. We want it all back. We want our schools back. We want our education. We want our higher education back. We want our banking back. We want our celebrity fucking entertainment industries back. We want our music back. We want our sports back. We're fighting for all of it. I won't stop until we have every fucking aspect of Americanism back and actually representing America. We're raising an entire generation of patriots right behind us who have the exact same attitude and thoughts and approach. We're raising children. You're aborting them, we're raising them. We're raising them to vote. We're raising them to recognize bullshit. We're training them to not trust the the, uh, government or the media. We're training them in weapons. We're training them in free speech. We're not a fucking thing the left can do about it. We're not going away. This is only the beginning. Globalism was a failed idea. That was the George Bush era Republican, rhino, sellout, scumbag, globalist approach to things. This is a new America. This is a new America that resembles the old America, except for with a lot more wisdom. And you're just going to have to get used to it, lefties. We're not going anywhere.